Matthew chapter number 6. And um, all right, Matthew chapter number six, <clears throat> and uh, let's look now around. Excuse me, around verse number nineteen, and um, we just spent uh, the last preaching hour. <clears throat> excuse me. Try not to drink water in the pulpit. Got a frog in my throat. Um, last last preaching hour, we spent some time uh, dealing with uh, not just giving God a place in our life, but giving Him first place, and not just being willing to serve Him, but being willing to serve Him first. And I want to kind of um, branch off of that a little bit, and uh, kind of use that as a springboard for the message this afternoon. As we look in Matthew chapter number 6, and Jesus is teaching here, and, um, and he gets down to uh, verse number 19, um, and he says this, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through or steal. For where your treasure is... There will your heart be also. Father, we pray that you'll bless the message this afternoon. May it speak to our hearts. And Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit will guide and direct us as we teach this truth. May it be helpful to us. And Lord, I pray that you would, uh, maybe through the preaching, the teaching of your Word, and the moving of your Holy Spirit in our hearts, cause us to become more of what we should be, more of a testimony, more pleasing to you. And, Father, certainly I ask that you would help us to have a heart that loves you more as we leave here today, uh, being drawn closer to you, to become more like you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We uh, made reference uh, last hour into the idea of Abraham when God asked Abraham to sacrifice his son, his only son, Isaac. And the idea that God was never after Isaac, God was after Abraham. And uh, you understand this, and I hope, I hope we get this. God knows the heart. He knows the intents of the heart. And uh, sometimes we read Scripture, and, and we'll, we'll read an, an, uh, an issue like that, like Abraham and Isaac, and we say, okay, well, God was needing to know what Abraham's heart was. No, that's not the case. God already knew what Abraham's heart was. What God needed was for Abraham to know what Abraham's heart was and to realize that he had a heart for God. And there are times that... Uh, God does things for our benefit, not for His. And when Jesus was teaching in this area, He speaks of the fact that uh, the, 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 the mindset or the philosophy of the world at that time uh, was to, to get all you can and can what you get and keep it all to yourself and lay up treasures. And uh, the, He t- speaks oftentimes of the vanity of this. Uh, in fact, He spoke of a man whose crops did real well. And so much so that he couldn't put him in his barns. And he said, I'm going to tear him down and build bigger barns. And Jesus called him a fool. He said, Thou fool. He said, Knowest not that this night thy soul shall be required of thee. And the idea that uh, our focus oftentimes is on the things of this world. Last hour we spent some time dealing with set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth, from Colossians chapter number 3. 
And uh, we're going to kind of launch off of that particular thought as we get into this idea of laying up for ourselves treasures in heaven. What does that mean? Uh, does that mean I, I take my bank account and I send money ahead to me, uh, for me into heaven? Uh, of course not. We're not dealing with uh, material wealth here, are we? We're speaking of spiritual wealth, things that uh, will matter for eternity, uh, living the life that God's given to us with good stewardship in the time that we have, uh, living a life in such a way that we are laying up treasure in heaven. There's only some, so many things that we can take with us to heaven. Uh, we can take our love for the Lord Jesus Christ to heaven. Uh, I'm reminded uh, years ago of the story of um, uh, over at Tennessee Temple when they built the music center, the Weigel Music Center, of uh, Charles Weigel. Charles Weigel is the fellow who wrote the song, No One Ever Cared For Me Like Jesus, and wrote many, many other songs uh, that were such a blessing to people over the years. But they, in, his, in his late years, they had uh, built a music uh, building there at Tennessee Temple University and, and named it the Weigel Music Center. And uh, they were dedicating it. They had built Brother Weigel an apartment in that, in that building. And one of the preachers that was there that day of the dedication was walking by the apartment uh, where Brother Weigel was going to be residing uh, after one of the services. And he heard a commotion going on inside and uh, was wondering what was going on in there and knocked on the door and didn't get an answer, kind of opened it up to check on Brother Weigel because he was up in years. And Brother Weigel's on his bed jumping up and down and waving his arms saying, Well, glory, hallelujah. And this preacher said, Brother Weigel, what are you doing? And he said, I'm just practicing for heaven. And I thought, you know, wouldn't it be wonderful if when we get to heaven we could rejoice because there has been treasure that has gone before us. There's only so many things that we can take with us. One of them is our love for the Lord Jesus Christ. The other thing that I know the Bible says that we can take with us, <coughs> or we'll have access to throughout the endless ages of eternity, are the souls that we have helped lead to Christ. Uh, the opportunity that God gives us to share the gospel with others. The idea of laying up for ourselves treasures in heaven and to what we emphasize in our lives, in a large part, determines where our heart is. He speaks of that here in verse number 21. He says, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You want to wonder where your heart is? You ever wonder, well, I wonder what God thinks of me. By the way, that ought to be a question we ask often. I wonder what God thinks of me. We ask the question, I wonder what others think of me, far more than we should. And we ask the question, I wonder what God thinks of me far less than we should. And we ought to think, Lord, what do you think of me? Is my heart in the right place? Are we laying up the treasures in heaven? Have we set our affection on those things? Are those the things that concern us as we go through our life? What is it that we give our heart to? And I'll tell you this, that the indication of what we give our heart to is found in two things in life what we give our time to, and what we give our money to. Those two things will show us where our heart is. What is it that we're laying up for ourselves? Are we laying up treasures in heaven, or are we laying up treasures on this earth? If our time and our money, our resources is spent on trying to deal with things in this life and this world, then the truth is our heart's here and not where it should be. For where our treasure is, the Bible says, there will your heart be also. If we live with the light of eternity, our love for the Lord Jesus Christ and the souls that need to be one, those will be the things that will be indicative of our heart 
being laid up in heaven, our hearts being focused on heaven, our affection, according to Colossians 3, being set on things above, not on things of the earth. I want us to look at a couple things here, if you will, in Galatians chapter number 6. Galatians chapter number 6. What is this, what is this, this uh, treasure that is going to be laid up in heaven? Well, I believe our love for God is going to be one of them. I believe that the souls that we uh, win to Christ or share, uh, bring them to the place where they make a decision for Christ um, are going to be uh, certainly a source of joy and, and treasure for us in heaven. But I want us to look at some things here in Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 22 because as the Holy Spirit works in our hearts, as He has free course... Now, that's, a, that's an interesting phrase that we use. It's a biblical phrase, and it's a phrase that's written as an old English expression. And the idea of having free course is to remove all obstacles, to keep any hindrances from. And if the Holy Spirit is to have free course in our life, if our love for Him, our sensitivity to Him, is to have free course in our life, when it does... It will bear fruit. It's not a matter of if. It's a matter of, of, of the fact that it is going to <coughs> bear fruit. Oftentimes when we read this passage, we read it as if these are things that we ought to be striving for and attempting to do in our own power. <coughs> Look at what it says here in verse number 22. But the fruit of the Spirit, capital S, this is the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, good, uh, uh, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And uh, we find so that this fruit of the Holy Spirit is something that is born out in us. Uh, and it will be, it will be all, of these, all of these things that are listed here. These are all characteristic of the fruit that is produced in us. So I have to ask myself the question, if I'm lacking in this area, if I'm lacking in these, these, these attributes of the fruit of the Spirit, then I have to ask myself, where's my heart? Where's my heart? What is it that I'm focusing on? What is it that my affection on, in this earth, in this life, is set on? What is it that my heart longs for? Do I long for the things of God, or am I longing for the things of this world? Uh, the Bible speaks of the fact that without faith it is impossible to please God. Uh, it talks about the fact that we're to uh, stay separated from the world and come out from among them and be separate and touch not the unclean thing. Uh, it talks about the, uh, the fact uh, in, um, in uh, the book of James about being careful of the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. We've got to be careful of these things. Uh, this lust that, that wars in our members. Uh, and it, it, Paul even speaks here in, in the book of Galatians just before this about the works of the flesh. That would be our will. That would be our heart. If we're going to lay up treasure in heaven, I believe that there must be, absolutely must be, a, a sensitivity to and a, and a desire for the Holy Spirit of God to have free course in my life without hindrance. What are the things that would hinder the Holy Spirit of God? There are two things I think that the Bible mentions very clearly. One of them is that we can grieve the Holy Spirit of God. We can do things in our life that are contrary to the fruit that He produces in us. We call those the works of the flesh. And when those things happen, the Holy Spirit of God is grieved. 
Then the Bible speaks of the fact that we can also quench the Holy Spirit of God. When we condone sin and have sin in our lives and continuously uh, prolong sin, that we quench the working of the Holy Spirit in us. And the fruit of the Spirit is not born in us. And, And then we wonder in our Christian life, well, why am I lacking in these things? The Bible says that if I'm... If I'm filled with the Spirit, if the Holy Spirit of God is doing His work in me, then I'm going to have love in my life. I'm going to have joy in my life. I'm going to have a peace. I'm going to have long-suffering. I'm going to have gentleness. I'm going to have goodness. I'm going to have faith. I'm going to have meekness. I'm going to have temperance. And I'm not even going to have to try. These will be the things that when we are giving the Holy Spirit free course... When our affections are set on the right things and our longing is for God to have first place in our life and the Holy Spirit to have free reign in our hearts, these are the things that will just naturally be produced. It's interesting to me, as I've thought oftentimes in Psalm 1, the Bible says that a Christian will be like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit, the Bible says, in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. And all of that is because of two things. He was planted by the rivers of water, and he was gaining nourishment from it. And uh, I, I oftentimes wonder, when our heart is not where it should be, are we getting the nourishment that is necessary for us to have the fruit of the Spirit produced in our lives? The tree doesn't have to. It doesn't have to strive or struggle for fruit. Have you ever noticed that? It is a natural byproduct of the growth and the strength of the tree. It's the natural byproduct. It's something that just happens in our life. This tree that is planted by the rivers of water, uses that water for nourishment. It uses uh, the, uh, uh, the things that will cause it to grow and strengthen itself. In uh, Jeremiah chapter number 17, it speaks of the tree uh, in the, in the, that does not see when the heat cometh. It, again, is planted by the rivers of water and is not careful in the uh, time of drought. And the idea that its roots are deepened, it's, it's grounded, it's rooted in some things. And it uses the nourishment that it has to sustain its life, first of all. We've talked a little bit about this in the past in our church, that sometimes we're not getting enough nourishment in our life to even keep alive spiritually. We're going to talk about the nourishment here in just a moment. But if we have enough nourishment often to stay alive spiritually, sometimes we just don't have enough to grow spiritually. you ever felt like maybe you've kind of plateaued and you've not really seen any growth in the Christian life? You feel like you're kind of stagnant, you're kind of stale, there's, you're just kind, of, just kind of going through the motions? Not enough nourishment. And then if it has enough to grow and it still has a little bit left over, after it's strengthened itself, its trunk and its branches to bear the fruit, then it begins to use the excess to bear fruit. And, and, and the tree doesn't say the tree doesn't have a consciousness to sit there and say I've got enough to stay alive and I've got enough to grow and enough to strengthen myself. I think I'm going to bear three fruit right there on that branch. Uh, there it is. The tree doesn't put forth an effort. It is a natural result of the nourishment that it was getting. The natural result of the nourishment it was getting. 
If you and I are going to bear the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, it has to be a natural outpouring of our heart being in the right place. Abiding in the vine. To have our hearts literally entwined with Christ. Our affection, our, our thoughts, our mindset. I'm amazed as I read the life of the Apostle Paul. Certainly not a perfect man. He was, he was flesh and bone like anybody else. He will tell you himself that he was a sinner. And not only a sinner, he considered himself the chiefest of all sinners. And yet we look at his life and we look at his testimony and we say, here's a man who literally loved the Lord with all of his heart. This was something that uh, he, he would wake up in the morning and he would go to bed at night thinking and dreaming of the things that God would have for him to do. When, when, when trials and persecutions came his way, he would praise God and give, joy, give thanks and rejoice in it anyway, realizing that through the trying of his faith, God, God was able to be strong and to show himself strong in his life. Paul certainly was a great example, and I often think of this, that if I am lacking in my life what the Bible refers to as the fruit that the Holy Spirit of God produces in a Christian, then could it be that my heart is in the wrong place? There's only one of two places it can be. According to Matthew chapter 24, we have a heart that is either enthroned and enthralled with the things of the world, or we have a heart that is enthralled with the Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians 3, set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth, is a wonderful passage that speaks of this. That once again, the heart is one of two places. And as oftentimes when I've talked to somebody about being saved, there's only one of two places the soul is going to spend eternity. We know that. But can I tell you this, that when it comes to the heart, there's only one of two places that it will be focused on. There is no middle ground. Probably one of the greatest problems in our Christian lives today and in our churches today are Christians that are trying to have the best of both. They're trying to have one foot in the world and their heart set on the things that they enjoy in the world. And they're trying to have one foot in the church. And the way they're doing this is they're bringing worldly things into the church and trying to combine the two and say, well, we've got the best of both things. We're trying to, we're trying to make a, a hodgepodge here of... The best of both things. But they're like oil and water. They don't mix. So we have a choice to make. And we have a choice to make every single day. And that is this. Where is my affection going to be? Where is my heart going to be set? Because where my heart is, the Bible says, where my treasure is, there will my heart be also. Where am I trying to lay up treasure for? Am I laboring to gain things just in this life so I can make my life more comfortable? So I can, I can have a status in society? Or am I laboring and working towards putting up things for eternity? My walk with the Lord is precious to me. Because that's one of the things I get to take with me to heaven. That's one of the things that I loved about Charles Weigel's statement when he told that preacher, I'm just practicing for heaven. The closer that we can get our, our walk with God now, causes us to take that with us to heaven. What a wonderful thought that is. 
if I'm not le- leading people to Christ now, I'm not going to be taking them to heaven with me. I'm not going to have those opportunities, those rewards, those treasures to look over at and say, there's someone that I was able and had the great privilege of leading to the Lord Jesus Christ. Where is our heart? Day in and day out, we've got to make a choice. Where, where's my affection going to be? Where is my heart going to be? In this world, we said a moment ago that the determination of where our heart is is based usually on what we spend our money and our time on. As far as our heart being on the things of the Lord, there's a determination in that as well. I believe that in a large part it is determined by the time that we spend with the Lord walking with Him. And secondly, the time that we spend serving Him. And I believe they come in that order, to be honest with you. I was talking with a couple of preachers just uh, last week, and they, uh, they were having a discussion between the two of them. And the comment was made, the subject was made, uh, uh, the, uh, that the greatest commandment, which Jesus said, is to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind was no longer the greatest commandment. That now the greatest commandment since the New Testament is to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And so there was a little discussion there and a little uh, disagreement between a couple pastors on the idea uh, of one of them saying that the greatest commandment is to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind. The second, or the, 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 but then that one has been done away with because we're not under the law, we're under grace. And that the new one is that we're to be going into all the world and preaching the gospel to every creature. But can I tell you this? The thing that will determine where our heart is as far as heaven is concerned is how much time we spend, how dedicated we are, how, how, how I, I like to use the word diligent, or the zeal that we have toward our walk for God first. And then secondly, our service to God. If we ever get those two out of order, there's going to be a problem. The fruit of the Spirit may be there a little bit, but it's not going to be in its entirety. The, the amount of souls that we are able to lead to Christ, that we, can, that we can bring to the feet of Jesus and help them see their need of a Savior and trust Christ as their Savior, is going to be minimal at best. Because we've attempted to do it in the strength of the flesh. This idea of giving Christ the first place, the preeminence, flows over into the practical aspect of our life. Where am I laying up my treasure? Am I, am I spending time and money and resources to lay up treasure on this earth? Or am I giving myself in its diligence to walking with God and then serving Him? I'm amazed in the number of years that I went to Bible college and, and studied for the ministry in two of the colleges that I, I went to. The emphasis was on the service for God far above the emphasis for our personal walk with God. And for a long time as a young man, I, I, I kind of swallowed that mindset I began to get out here, and, and, and we began to equate, we began to be convinced that in order for us to be spiritual, let's use that word, can I use that phrase? In order for us to be spiritual, we have to be busy, busy, busy serving God. 
And very little emphasis was put on what we were on the inside. But the Bible says that there will be a fruit that I don't have to labor for and I don't have to work for. And that is the fruit that the Holy Spirit produces inside of me. Can I encourage this in this? That fruit is only produced by our walk with Him and our relationship with Him. The fruit of service comes second to my walk with Him. If I'm quenching the Holy Spirit in my life, if I'm grieving the Holy Spirit in my life, sharing the gospel with folks will bear very little fruit. I'm thankful the Word of God works in spite of itself. The Bible says that His Word will never return void in spite of ourselves. But wouldn't it be wonderful if the Word of God would be able to have free reign and free course because of us? That it would be without hindrance, without obstacle? For us to say, I want my affection, the things that I care about most, the things I love the most in this life, I want them to be on the things above. I want them to be in heaven. I want them to be on the things that I can take with me. My love for the Lord Jesus Christ, my walk with Him, and the souls that I can help lead to Christ. It's important that we give God first place in every aspect. I believe the greatest area that you and I can give God first place in and have the highest priority is in our personal walk with God. I'll be real frank with you. I long for my life to be characterized by love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. I long for the life that I live in this, in this earth to point men and women to the Lord Jesus Christ. I was giving some thought this week to some things and a thought struck me. I mentioned a little bit of it Wednesday night. Our purpose in this earth, our purpose in this life is to bring glory to God. First and foremost, the purpose of my life is to glorify Him. Jesus spoke of this on the Sermon on the Mount, that men may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. It's my purpose in this life. The purpose of Keith Heights Baptist Church is to glorify God to a lost and dying world, to lift Him up, to let people see Him. And I've often, just just this week, I guess, often since maybe Tuesday or so, Monday or Tuesday of this week, the thought had first hit me. If my purpose is to glorify God, if the purpose of this church is to glorify God, then I've got to be careful when I'm out talking to a lost and dying world that I'm pointing people to Him, not to me, and not to Keith Heights Baptist Church. Um, We had a a little thing on our Facebook page uh, recently, and uh, it was done kind of in haste and before we really thought it through or anything, but... Uh, there were events that were sent out. I'm interested in this event. And it said, food and fellowship. That's not what I want people to know about Keith Heights Baptist Church. I want, I want people to see Keith Heights Baptist Church and say, boy, they've got a wonderful God. It's amazing to see what He's doing in their life. It's amazing to see the work of the Holy Spirit and the fruit that He is producing in that place. By the way, when people talk about me, or when people talk about you, 
Our desire ought not to be, boy, they're a great Christian. Our desire ought to be, boy, look at the fruit that God is producing in that person. We've got to be careful as a church. When we go and invite somebody to come here to Keith Heights Baptist Church, that we don't say, boy, it's a great place. We have good music and uh, we have a, a, a fellowship time. And boy, it's a loving church. You won't get a church that cares more about you. What we're doing when we do that is glorifying the church. We're not glorifying God in that. We need to lift Him up. Where is our heart? Where is our heart? Are, are we more concerned about the things on this earth? I, I would say even when it comes to inviting people to come to our church, you know, oftentimes we make it about us or about our church. And the truth is it ought to be all about Him. We need to point men to Him. We need to make sure that the Holy Spirit of God is unfettered and unhindered in His work in our lives and in this place. But it's going to take an effort an effort on our parts to have a heart and affection for the things above. How much do we love the things above? When we get an opportunity to read the Bible, do we come to it and say, Oh, it's that time again, i got to do it. Or do we cherish it and think, Boy, I get an opportunity to read God's Word. What about our time in praying? You ever get to the place where you feel like your prayer time is a chore? I've been there before. I don't. I, we're not overly spiritual here. We can admit to the times that we just feel like we're going through the motions of it. It's, it. It happens. It's those times that we need to say, Lord, help my affection to be right. I want the fruit of the Holy Spirit of God evident in my life I love it to see it in the life of our ministry. But it's only going to come when our hearts are 100% set on things above. Are they set on things above? We get so, so encumbered, I think would be the best word to use here, by the affairs of this life. Have you noticed that? We get so busy. We obligate ourselves with way too many things. I, I had to call this week a couple of folks, two folks, and reschedule a time that I had set with them because I had too many irons in the fire this week. I'm thankful that I had a busy week. But you ever gotten to that point? Those are the times that we are most susceptible to being overwhelmed and overtaken by the concerns and the cares of this world. And if we're not careful, the affection that we have for things above will begin to wane and dwindle. And as such, the Holy Spirit of God will be hindered in our life in producing the fruit through us that He longs to produce through us. I don't know about you, but I, I want, when people look at my life, I want them to see fruit of the Holy Spirit because I want them to be pointed to the Lord Jesus Christ. If they look at Keith the Heights Baptist Church, I want them to see the fruit of the Spirit here. That the Holy Spirit, he has, he has free reign to do what He wants to do, and the people are sensitive to that. I want that so much. But it all depends on our affection. It all depends on our affection. Where is it set? Is it set on things below or things in heaven? 
Are we laying up treasures here or are we laying up treasures there? For where our treasure is there will our heart be also. Let's stand together and be dismissed in prayer. Father, we're so thankful for Your Word. I pray that You'll bless it and use it. Lord, may we, may we long, may we have a renewed zeal, a renewed passion and desire to have our affection set on things that really matter in light of eternity. Lord, may we love You. May we draw closer to You each and every day. May every day with You grow sweeter and sweeter.